0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC.
1: Welcome once again to me and DB, David Basil. I'm Randy Rainwater. What a last couple of weeks that we have experienced with Arkansas Razorback football. I doubt many have expected what we have seen so far. And certainly, David, as you go back over the first couple of ball games, without any question, the one thing that has prevailed from week one to week two
0: was the offensive line. Yeah, that's right, Randy. It's uh it's it was a concern after game one. 105 yards rushing, only 2.8 per carry for Rocket Sanders, and and Coach Pittman shorted, somewhat dismissed it, you know, and you know he he acknowledged it, but hey, we won the game, scored 56 points, and then we saw it again, game two, uh, again the inability to get a push up front, uh, again I saw this during two days, uh, or rather spring practice, rather I saw this with those young tackles, you got th- you know you had you know three line three starters from last year, two tackles, you got two redshirt freshmen that are really big and talented, but, uh, but maybe not quite ready to be on that next level. And, again, we're playing two teams that are not SEC teams, and we struggle with both. Uh, and so, obviously, more to break down on that. But, yeah, definitely, we saw it again. It's not made up. They got an issue.
1: David, when you break down each individual player, you see some pluses and you see some minuses. But the one thing that has probably disappointed me amongst everything is the lack of physicality. And that doesn't matter whether you're talking left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, right tackle, the lack of physicality. If you're wanting to be an SEC offensive line,
0: you've got to be physical. Yeah. He, he, he mentioned that he just said, we're not physical. And you know, too, Randy, you know, his his demeanor. Sam Pittman's demeanor is a laid-back coach. He's not a. I'm sure he'll. I've seen him get mad, but that's not his deal. And so you, you saw it last year. Saw it this year. You saw it the other day where the team just didn't have just have an edge to it, and you don't have a lot of team leaders that are getting in people's faces. And so you got a team that looks like they looks like they're flat. So Randy, sometimes you may not be the greatest, but when you when you have energy and emotion and playing hard. That makes up, well, you had none of that. Either one of them. And you know who looked like they were? Kent State. And so uh, I think that's a fair assessment. And, uh, you know, I, you know Sam Pittman, we asked, I think we always ask, hey, what was halftime like? And I think his MO is to sort of be calm. Hey, let's get after him. But I tell you, you know, this this team needs to have a fire lit underneath them, And I'm not sure, even though KJ's been around, he's not quite that vocal leader. And, you know, you don't have a Grant Morgan anymore. Uh, Bumper pool's gone. I'm not sure with all the transfer portal guys, you have that guy on this team that, that gets this team like a Clint Sterner or uh, my, you know, a guy like myself who's a team captain that's recognizing, man, come on, let's go. Didn't see that. That's it yet.
1: Sometimes, David, and, and there are different styles of coaches. Not one style is 100% perfect, nor is another style 100% perfect. But there is always an edge, and you mentioned that a moment ago, there is an edge that has to be created. And whether or not you're Al over and you're throwing the chair through the window at War Memorial Stadium when Rice took on Arkansas, or whether it is a little bit of the of the Sam Pittman laid back, not everyone's going to be a Houston nut who can give that, that fiery pregame speech that gets everybody pumped and ready right. to go. In this case, don't you think there's got to be some fire that Sam has got to display? Whether or not, you know, he kicks the door or or whatever he does or needs to do. But there's got to be a fire. You know, I used to joke, why don't you just get him out there and get into a big wrestling scrum right before the game with with
0: your own kids, you know, to get everybody's blood flowing. Well, I think that's a fair question. You you saw it last year. You didn't see that fire against Liberty. Uh, Missouri State, you struggled early. You're, four, you're only had 14 to six against the team that you're 30 almost a 40 point favorite and you know he can just say ma'am you know maybe we play down to our uh you know our opponent listen that's that's what you're there to coach and that's what your leadership on the football team should correct and yeah i think most people who watch that it was snoozer you remember if, if antonio greer didn't have that pick six you know, it, it's uh, what's the score? It's basically seven to six at that point in the in the first half. So yeah, it's missing. It's obvious, and it's sort of a snooze fest. So you, one of the two has to do something. You got to have some players to do it, or you got to have your coaching staff do it. I wonder sometimes, in in
1: and the players do select the captains, but you sometimes wonder if it's almost better on the other hand. For the coach to make that selection, rather than the players, you want the players to lead, but you got to have leaders who will lead, and not guys that—it's not that they just
0: want to be friends, but that's not their M.O. They're—they're they're not that kind of leader. Think about this: Who—who were who the guys they took to uh, to the SEC media days? Landon Jackson, mm-hmm. was it Rocket? And mm-hmm. was it KJ? Yes. I think those three. Yes. Was it those anybody three. else?
1: No, those three.
0: Can I tell you? All those are very good football players, but they're not vocal. No, nope. you know. At least Atlanta Jackson. Look, he played well the other day, but I'm not sure he's. I've seen him. You know. You know. i him on the sidelines. You know. You know. Chirping to his players and teammates. I. I haven't seen that. You haven't heard anybody. Have you heard a coach talking about a leader on this team? Not once. Now again, KJ a leader because he's he's the star of the team. But but I don't think it's KJ's. If not, maybe it needs to be. Somebody needs to be going up and down the bench going, this is not, let's go get somebody's face because we're not seeing that anywhere. Right. Well, and that's why I was saying
1: sometimes the leaders are not ones that you might not think is the most popular. Sure, sure. But they are the ones who, as you say, they're not afraid to get in somebody's face yeah. and say, let's go. We had not seen it. We had not seen them yet. Now, what I did see in the second half and maybe this was totally inspired by missing the first half because the targeting call. I yeah. thought Pooh Paul came out and really exerted his self, and he raised the level
0: of the play, and he is one of the captains. Yeah, I think that that's a good point. He's probably the most emotional player out there. Of course, you lose him for a half, as you mentioned, uh, and Uh but he does. He, he plays with emotion. Of course, you know, the defense – did not play as poorly as the offense did. Right. So they did okay. But yeah, that's probably a fair assessment. If you're gonna talk, maybe the most vocal guy out there on that on that team is probably is probably Poopall, probably is. Uh, if if
1: this team expects to go forward and be successful, some leaders have got to emerge and they've got to emerge not only from the team itself, and I'm talking about the captains, but the team itself. There's got to be more leaders willing to step up. And take a leadership role and really ownership of this team as well. That, to me, seems to be missing at this point also is the ownership of this team. All right, we will step aside for a moment, and we will come back with more of me and DB. Next up, Areas of Concern. Stay with us. Welcome back to me and DB, David Basil. I'm Randy Rainwater. Thanks for being with us. And David, two games in the book, two games against what we thought was less than what we think is power five competition. And, um, okay. First game against, uh, Western Carolina. Okay. That was okay. And, uh, then definitely not what was expected against an opponent against Kent State. So that leads us now to concerns, but I also want to look at the positives. One positive that I saw, if I'm a quarterback, my best friend is the offensive line. They got to take care of me. They got to keep me upright. They got to keep me clean, but I also want to have a receiver that if I've got to have a completion, if I get it near the guy, he's going to catch it. I think we saw both of those come into play. They kept him clean in the second half against Kent State. The offensive line did. But there was a guy named Tesla, number four, who is a prime time possession receiver. He might be more than a possession receiver. We don't know that yet. But he made two catches, one of them between – two defenders, the other one among three
0: defenders. If it's thrown near him, I believe he's going to make the play. Yeah, he reminds me a little bit, Randy, of uh, James Sheba, the guy they used to play with. And uh, sort of the good and bad about that is that uh, we did not have, we did not create much separation, Randy, with our receivers.
1: No, we did not. Against
0: Kent State. And so it took an unbelievable throw and catch on one of them. I think because threw between like four players four defenders and and Tesla somehow goes to the ground to catch it and uh, uh, but you're right. It's so, so he's a guy who's very reliable. The question is, can he get separation where KJ's not having to make an unbelievable throw to him? I thought he, he was impressive. I like the has kid. I, I just you know I, you know I think we should we probably need to the intermediate passing game. He seems to be very reliable, good looking athlete. I don't think we've targeted him as much in that intermediate passing area as well.
1: Well, another player that has shown some spectacular moments, and that's number 16, Isaiah Satania. I think he needs more touches.
0: Yeah, I, I, don't, I looked at his numbers, and I think he's only got two catches through yeah, two games. Yeah. And I, I'm just scratching my head. I, I get it that he, he's your special teams guy, but he's a guy could do both. I mean, there, there, sure. there's no excuse he's not getting more touches. He's the fastest guy on the field. If you think he's dynamic in the special teams – Uh, Why not get him in the game more often? So that's a head scratcher for me.
1: Now, I'm not a play caller, nor am I one that is able to sit there and scheme, scheme, scheme. So sometimes the things that you see are not necessarily or what you don't see is not necessarily the wrong thing. But I do believe with the weapons that this team has, I know they've used the bubble screen a couple of times. One time. In game one against Wilson, that was a 65-yard touchdown. This past week, the timing was all off, and it was disastrous. But why do they not run? Just I'm, I'm, I'm asking, I think, a very simple question. Why are they not running more screens? Why are they not running when you're having a difficult time getting yep. the ball in the rushing game to mount anything positive Why don't you either use flares out in the flat, swing passes, screens, those kind of things? David, is it, and I I hate this terminology. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. We're holding back on our playbook. No,
0: no, that's the same thing. I hate that. That's the same thing. You know, they did throw in the flat a few times, Randy, and it wasn't super successful. A.J. Green one time for eight yards. That's right. And a couple that were dropped. And, and, uh, No, I I I think the screen screens are great options, especially when you're struggling blocking up front. Right, Uh, and they at time were getting pressure on us with three men uh, with a three man rush. So I like that. You know, we really haven't done much of the screen game, even with Art uh, Art not Art Browns Kendall Browns Kendall Browns. Yeah, didn't even have much of a a screen game with him. So I agree there, Randy. You know, that's an area they could be better at. Again, the same thing: screens, tight ends, the intermediate passing game. Randy is what you're talking about. Just something to throw the. Though the defense off a little bit. But I think the bigger – let me tell you the bigger concern, Randy. And I don't know if we, we talked about this. I, I, I did a, a live show with Channel 7 before Western Carolina, and I said, here's my big question. We haven't had a chance to see this offense. We've heard about it. We don't get to watch it during spring, but a little bit. Don't get to watch much during two days. My idea was, is this Dan Enos pro style for KJ, where all he does is hand off and then, or drops back to pass, is it going to work without him being a constant running threat we have seen now that it is not it is not it is stagnant it was stagnant last year when he didn't run and you saw Sam Pittman t- turn to Danny Enos either on the mic and say start running kj and they were play- they were direct snaps running because what it does, it gives you, it loosens up the defense. Also, the defense goes, "Wow, I got a cap for the running back. I got a cap for KG. I got a cap for receivers." Loosens up the defense a little bit, and also give you another blocker. You could take AJ or or, uh, or Debinion, and they could be a blocker, but he had to carry 15 times. I don't think this offense is going to work unless they use him constantly maybe you take a series off where he's not but he's got to be a regular threat or this this offense worked last year randy it was in the top 10 rushing because they had kj as a threat that's how they averaged 300 yards a game right now they're averaging 125 yards a game and about two yards a carry that's what they're going to be if they don't match. and you know kj loved it kj said hey i because I, I asked him in the press conference i said i heard he not been touched since kansas really what touched in the spring? What touched in two days? That, that was the first time he'd been hit since Kansas. He goes, I know. Sort of weird. But then I got into it. He said, I'll do what I have to do. I know people go, well, he's gonna get hurt. Well, he either gets hurt and we lose, or we don't get, get him in the run and, and 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 we lose. I mean bottom line, he's got to run for us to win.
1: No. I heard you ask that question in the postgame press conference following Kent State. And he said, I, I loved it Yeah. because once I got hit, I was into it. And next thing you know, the offense opened That's up right. and several different things began to be positive. Now, another question mark. What about this defensive line? Uh, it, they did get some push, obviously, uh, this past Saturday against Kent State. They got... What uh, 12, 15 tackles for losses yep. and seven five sacks. or six, yeah. sacks, seven sacks. But I'm not sure that this still. Yeah. I know is is a good. We, we don't know yet. Front eight. Yeah, we
0: don't know. And yet. I call them front eight, but uh, I'm f- yeah the front eight defensive rotation. Yeah, yeah, rotation. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right, Randy. We, I mean, we really haven't seen them. We don't know until they Baton Rouge at six thirty in two weeks. I don't think we're going to know. I mean, I think they – they listen, they, they've held two teams to what? One touchdown? You know, it, but but look at the competition. They did they did step up, you know, there at the goal line stand. But here was the thing that I thought that was interesting, what Sam Pittman said, what was frustrating about the first half. They could not get Kent State off the field. So Kent State did the spread offense kind of deal, you know, milking the clock for 40 seconds. But it didn't matter because they were figuring out ways to make first down. They made 10 first downs, I think, in the first half. So I think you're right. I don't think we still know yet. Again, they've looked good so far, but we haven't had a true test and we'll see.
1: All right. As a old LB, as an old linebacker, what do you see? What do you like? Do you have concerns about the linebacking core? I love Antonio Greer. He looks like a major player. I love Jaheim Thomas. Thomas, I think he's a major player. Yeah. If, Poo Paul can maintain that yep. same level of intensity. He's good. Jordan Crook, Crook. you see a few things yeah. here and there. But Brad Spence actually Spence, drew Brad. the start yeah. uh, this past uh, Saturday against Kent State. Your thoughts, your impressions of the linebacker? Yeah,
0: five, five quality linebackers are smart, and, and it, we haven't seen them blowing any assignments. They come up tackle well. So, yeah, I think that's probably maybe – you know, the strongest group of that defense. It really is. Because all of them, again, you didn't have poop Paul, but everybody else just stepped in there. First play, Greer steps in there, just picks in. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a that's a, that's a a group that I, you feel pretty good about.
1: Yeah. I like what I'm seeing from the corners, in spite of the fact that there were a few breakdowns, as usual. You, you're going to have breakdowns. That's part of the game. But I guess the area that I was concerned the greatest, though, going into – the start of the season was the safeties, and so far I think they've held up pretty well.
0: Yeah, Randy. I, again, what you didn't see, what you haven't seen, in two games are, are, are blown assignments. I think last year you, you, we were always scratching our head. How are people getting behind our safeties? Right. It happened against BYU. That's why Sam Pittman said, "I don't care if they rush for five hundred yards, drop everybody because we were letting guys get behind us." When you have you know two deep, uh, four, you know uh, two two safeties. Back there, and they still would let guys run past them. So I think fundamentally that the coaching staff's done a good job with this group.
1: Yeah. I like Al Wal- uh, Walcott and yep. uh, Hudson Clark. Love him or not. He's, he's been he's, solid, he's persevering. Yep. And Jaden Johnson, yeah. the guy that took a lot of abuse last year for his lack of play, he is stepping up so far. All right. We will step aside one more time. This is me and DB. We shall come back in a moment and we will take a look at next week in this case it will be BYU and also a further look at the southeastern conference there has been a few surprises so far Welcome back to me and DB. That is David Basil. I'm Randy Rainwater. It's time now to look ahead. And I actually want to start by looking backwards <laughs> first, David. And that
0: was, is the SEC down? <laughs> well, Randy, I think you can, the only thing you say is yes. I mean, you take a look at what's happened in the first two weeks of the, uh, the season. Whether it be Florida, South Carolina, and Alabama, I think, you know, it's Arkansas. A&M. and m So, I definitely don't think it was a good two, two start first two weeks, for sure.
1: Well, one thing about the SEC that you can say, traditionally anyway, it is going to be competitive from week to week. We do know that. However, I'm not sure we're going to see the separation it seems like we have seen in years gone by. Now, I can't speak – I haven't seen Tennessee yet. I've right. not had an opportunity. I did see all the – or pretty much all the Alabama-Texas game. Better team won. Sure did. Better Texas, team won. Texas looked good. Yeah. Miami took on uh, Texas A&M. Better team won, in yep. my opinion. Yep. South Carolina, North Carolina. Better team won, in yep. my opinion. You keep going down the line. Is that good for the SEC as a whole? Instead of dreaming, well, we're going to have two, at least three, in the college football playoff, this is the last year for four teams. Right. But um, when you look at the bigger picture, to me what it's telling me right now is this Western division, the last year of divisional play, it's wide open. I don't don't see a big dog right now
0: in the West. And you look at it, most of it has to do with with teams that have – New quarterbacks. And so, you know, even Georgia, you know, even though Georgia is one handily, even Georgia has been questionable at quarterback at times. And then you look at Alabama, you look at A&M, uh, although that's not the only reason they lost that game. But, yeah, I think for the first time in a while, Randy, we look around going, hmm, you know, maybe this thing is, you know, I wish Arkansas was in a better position to take advantage of that. But but it may be tough for others this year. But, yeah, I don't think we've seen this this kind of season in a while. The
1: big dogs right now are not exactly barking at this particular moment. Even Georgia, I know they're winning by big margins. They've been starting slow. They've been coming on. and uh, Not tough opponents either. But, but they're, they're not yeah. very good opponents they've yeah. been playing against as well. Uh, BYU, how much, if you were a former player, you lost on your home turf in game number one of a two-game series. Now you got to go on the road and you got to play that opponent in their home park. How much of a motivation, David? Do you think? I, I, I see. I don't. If it was a rivalry, I might could see it. I, I just don't see this. Whoa, we're BYU. We have
0: got to revenge last year's loss. Yeah, you know, think about this, Randy. You know how many miles it is from BYU to to Fayetteville? What 1,200? nine twenty two? Okay, so it's a long, long trip and. Uh, uh, I, I think they probably were not happy with the way they performed last year. You know, it was an SEC team coming into their stadium. I think we scored on eight consecutive posi- possessions, although it didn't look didn't look great for us for a while. We couldn't stop them. No. Could not stop them. My understanding is they're, they are better this year. I not had a chance. I'm going to try to watch some film, obviously, before the game. Uh, they're a better team than they were last year, especially defensively sp- speaking. But I see that if I'm them, this is an opportunity to do something they probably will not have a chance to do is – Go into an SEC, you know, arena, a stadium. In fact, with 70,000 people and show what they can do. I think they obviously they weren't happy about giving up 55 points last year. So I think they come in. I like that coach. I was surprised last year. They were not as tough as I thought physical as I thought they'd be. So I look for them to be a little bit more physical. And we better, Randy, because, again, not, not that Vegas always has the answers. But there's a lot of folks that are not believing in Arkansas right now as the line continues to go down, I think, to about eight and a half. So that what that tells you is that most people are expecting this game to be much closer than what we, I think, anticipated.
1: All right. I want you to get in the mind of Dan Enos and maybe even, for that matter, Sam Pittman. What does Arkansas need and have to do? Rick says you don't have to do anything. But, yeah, <laughs> what does
0: Arkansas have to
1: do this Saturday
0: against BYU. Yeah, I think they need to see need to see if any there's been any improvement. Are they moving chess pieces on the offensive line? See if they get any push. If you don't get a push, Randy, which there, there might be that chance, I think you immediately have to say we've got to change our passing game, intermediate passing game, and I think we need to just sort of go in and say, KJ, get ready. We're going back to last year. You you become a threat, and he'll say that's fine. You got to back up. Uh, but I, Randy, if we struggle to get a push again, they have no alternative but to make KJ be a part of that that offense. And then also, too, and I think the, I wasn't impressed passing-wise. Some of the routes we had, we didn't take advantage of intermediate. I mentioned the tight end. You mentioned screens. I think we need to be a little bit more creative in our passing game. But it all starts off, do they get the push? Do they come out and have a different attitude? Are they more physical? If we get stalemated, yeah, number one, better start running. This is a team,
1: BYU, that's lying 61 yards yeah. a game. Rushing, not bad. You're not going to get well typically with those numbers by the opponent with your rushing game. Why not give? as, As the old saying goes, why not take then what they give you? If that means you've got to throw 35, 40 times in this game, you throw 35 or 40 times. You don't be
0: hard-headed. But, Randy, that, that may be – I mean, I understand that the, here's the problem there. We saw last week we, we were not getting receivers open. So, if that defense comes up there, we've shut down your run. We know you're passing now, and I don't, I don't have to worry about number one running it. We're going to drop back, and we're going to – come on, throw Definitely. it now. So, so so we'll see. I, I, I know what you're saying there. The question will be, though, if, if they're able to shut down that run, that eliminates one of the two unless you throw – KJ is a third option – you eliminate half the offense, and now you're ready for the pass. So, and then we got somebody's got to get open. Somebody's got to be the star. You know, you mentioned uh, Tesla. You know, those guys have to get open more. They they need to have. But you saw the people all over them last week. So we'll see.
1: All right, one more counterpoint, then then we'll close it out, and that is, get in the mind of Travis Williams, the defensive coordinator. Is this the time? I hate that song. Let the dogs go. Let the dogs out because you've been holding back. Yeah. You hadn't seen many blitzes. You hadn't seen many twists, stunts, nothing. Is this the time you
0: say we're going to turn them loose? Yeah, this is the first test. This is the first test of a of true passing team that has a reputation for passing. Right. And this is not the Barry Odom defense. So I think let's see what you can do. Like I said, let's get after them. Let's see what, that sa- let's see what those corners and safeties have learned uh, under Williams so far. Uh, And we'll see. I think they do, Randy. I think they talked about they're bringing pressure. I think we get to see it this week. Turn them
1: dogs loose. That's all I can say. All right. That is it for DB and me. Actually, me and DB. We'll get that right one of these times. But uh, thanks for tuning in to this podcast. We come to you each and every week right here on your favorite podcast channel. For David Basil, I'm Randy Rainwater. So long everybody.